Welcome back. This is yet another episode of Those Good Old Fashioned Values, Season 2. We're back with American Dad again, and we're continuing our discussion of this show that we all like quite a lot. Um, and, <laughs> and, God, it is so refreshing. Like, uh, I'll say that this season wasn't as strong as the last yeah, two, but, like, I, it's still so fun to just, like, I, this is yeah. still better than show. most yeah. Family Guy seasons. I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're in a place to judge it right now. I will say that there's been a, there's been discourse raging on the Discord for a bit about does American Dad start to dip, like Family Guy did around season 12. Mm. If it continues like this, I think you could maybe make a case for this being the first dip season. Um, yeah, we, we can get it's into why. But, yeah. from before, but it's—I would still say this is better than any of the pre-cancellation seasons. It's good for sure, but I, there are a number of issues with it that make it, I think, significantly yeah. less good than the past four. I don't five. know if I'd say yeah. significantly. Uh, um, well, but, we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay, but first, um, worth restating: this is still a solid season of TV. No, this is yeah. still good. Um, obviously writing still, you know, there's still tons of like laugh out loud stuff throughout the, 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 we are fine. We are thoroughly past the, the point in the show where, uh, it's more clever than it is funny. It's still genuinely really funny. In fact, I think it might be getting like a little less clever, which is something Uh, we'll touch on later on. For sure. Um, voice cast is across the board. Great. Um, what is it? Uh, and I, it's not. Not trying to restate myself too much, but uh, all of the nitpicking that we're going to do comes with the caveat that this is a strong season of TV, and we are only disappointed because the last two seasons were so fantastic. The last three seasons have been a nine. This is like an eight. This is like a seven. I, no numbers. I I'm banning you from you guys from <laughs> using numbers like that. It's, uh, God damn. Let me hold on. I'm pulling up my calculator. Uh, let's see. Yeah. If you take, if you carry the square it's like a 7.63 um yeah. I, I seriously thought about when we were doing the family guy rankings document seasons i was just like should i just rank every do a give a rating to every single season of tv we've watched on here i didn't do it but i thought i thought about it okay that'd be very funny um, um, yeah it would it sounds like something i would do and, and andy solo episode where he ranks every every season of tv we've watched we'll do just... that when we finish the mcfarland shows yeah. that could be a little bonus okay um, <laughs> Um, all right. So with all of that out of the way, uh, most of like the ways that we praised the previous season apply here, but criticisms, criticisms. Um, okay. So the first problem with American dad season eight, it is officially getting a little too zany for its own good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the premises and in the joke construction from time to time, like the, the premises are basically just. I mean, it, it it is full cartoon by this point, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely like they don't make an effort to ground it at all. Um, and and that's... I, it's unfortunate because like previous seasons were so good at being cartoons, but like having just enough grounding to make it funny. Like it's not as grounded as like a The Simpsons, but it's way more grounded than you know Family Guy or South Park. So yeah. they 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 have that like 
little bit of, like they have this i don't know um framework that they kind of have to stay within and i think that gives the like makes the manic parts of the show be even funnier and i think it also just I, it just gives it this grounding that it kind of needs and we're starting to lose that a lot here to think of specific examples um obviously we're going to talk about in the second half of the uh season there's like a full-on fantasy episode later. Like they're just kind of done with pretending yeah. that this is, takes place in the real world. But I mean, yeah, and even even in other stuff, like there are a lot of B plots that fully just lean into like uh like almost almost like slapstick, you know, levels of plotlessness. Like I'm thinking of the the plot where Roger gets magic shorts and then meets Ricky Martin, who has a magic shirt for some reason. In, yeah. in but in 2011 so i don't i think ricky martin like coming out wasn't even a big story then maybe it was but yeah it's it's fully like a lot of the times with b plots they are it it feels like a first draft or, or like the first idea that someone pitched out you know what else i'll throw out there what they need they need to tighten roger's lease a little bit yeah they're, they're letting yeah. him go on for a little too long there, points yeah there are some strong roger episodes this season but there are some weaker mm. ones. Well, I mean, if we're going to stay, just to stay in this topic, uh, help me out, you all, with some examples of how this show is getting like a little too zany and wild I mean, for its own good. For me, the bi the biggest damning issue, uh, I thought, was the fact that it's leaning a lot more into cutaways this season. It which is. is something yeah. that it like maybe maybe not every episode, but at least every other episode, there's one or two cutaways. And it's one of those things where it's like, Listen, I love the writing on this show. They don't have a handle on the cutaways, and the fact that they are leaning on it makes it feel like either someone got lazy or there was pressure from Fox to, you know, make them put it in to be more like Family Guy, or something went wrong behind behind the scenes, and it just... Every, I don't think there is a cutaway that works in this season. Mm. I don't know if I'd say that, but yeah. I Name mean, one. Like, what what cutaway know. do you think works? I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'm not going to say any of them are, like, all bad. Sure, um, okay. I think fine. something wor worth noting is that looking at, like, uh, American Dad's rating at the time, they're, like, half of what Family Guy got in the same time scene. So, yeah. I could definitely understand wanting to get some more pressure on there. I mean, it's still good, but it's not, like, great. No, there is a lot more cutaway-related stuff. Like, like you said, the B-plots are all kind of cartoony, and, like, a lot of them just don't have stakes and again part of why we liked a lot of family guys that it doesn't have stakes but this show it doesn't work quite as well like you know there's that whole subplot with uh steve and roger in the ferrari and it's just kind of a doodle and it ends with them just like thinking they killed someone and nothing really happens and it's like it's kind of funny but it's it, it kind of illustrates how, uh, yeah. how this show is just kind of like losing its footing a little bit yeah the, i mean the and this is not to say that it's all bad there are definitely a number of episodes that i think stand up there with seven and th there are a handful of b plots that work in this one like i'm thinking um the the one where roger is trying to get the wig is like an all-time that's really good I, I was thinking of yeah. the, uh, the one where roger's in a rock I really that's funny too yeah, that's... and he's at like a mm. toilet repairman in Iraq that's and, funny. And, one, and a really really yeah. good Ron Perlman cameo um yeah oh th that's actually something to bring up too if we're done with this is th there's a surprising number of cameos this season that are fun yeah um CeeLo Green in the in the first episode um fuck who is 
Uh, yeah, Ron Perlman, like you said. I- I'm trying to think of Amy. What's her name? Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. she plays the she plays the lesbian mad scientist. Uh, so th- there's a number of like pretty fun polls this season in terms of guest stars, which, I mean, you know, take or leave it. We've said before sometimes that bringing in too many guest stars is like the sign that they're trying, you know, using it as a crutch, which I don't think they're doing this season, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's easy to tip over. Um, yeah, there are, there is a ton. Yeah. Like I was kept getting thrown off. Like Army Hammer shows up at some point. Um, Angelica Huston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, it's there's, Hulk Hogan. A, Hulk Hogan's in it. Hulk Hogan. It, it was the actual Hulk Hogan. I didn't realize. Yeah, it was. If they got him or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they bring in a number of guest stars, and I, I don't think it technically tips over into like they're use they're leaning on it, but it's one of those things where it's like it very easily could, and it's kind of a sign maybe that they they are getting they're getting nervous. Uh, mm. Not sure, but it this this season definitely feels like they're throwing stuff at the wall in a way that a lot of the earlier like the the cleaner seasons that we liked did not and that's yeah. a shame yeah i i also wanted to say that i i don't want to sound like i'm being overly sensitive here but um the show has always been like you know it's been very there's a lot of black comedy it's always been dark um but it feels like it's getting too dark i guess like See, the the I don't know if the I comedy, agree like, with I, that. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that either. Well, let me put I it mean, this explain way. Okay. yourself. Yeah, but. Okay, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't mind that these characters are horrible people, obviously. But right. Roger is just constantly murdering people. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, Stan Stan is also constantly murdering people. And it's, it's not out of, like, a moral issue, I guess. It, it's more just, like, again... It feels like it's sort of caught in the middle because, you know, Family Guy characters kill people all the time. and You don't care because it's fucking Family Guy. But here, like, right. previous seasons have made it so, you know, they're they're trying to illustrate that this is still, like, a family. This is still, like, people. It's a family of bad people, but they, they right. are still, like, you know, a family that cares about each other, ultimately. So you've got, like, that... And when you have all these characters just constantly murdering people and, like, doing all of this just insane, immoral shit constantly, it can be funny, but it, it starts to, I don't know, it, it's something that you can't quite go back from, and it's always kind of sticking in the back of my head, especially when, um, uh, especially when, you know, at the end of the se- end of each episode, they kind of have to have, like, the characters, like, you know, the status quo return and the characters apologize to each other. I'm just thinking, like, these are all just, like, insane murderous freaks. So maybe it's not too well, dark in the sense of humor, but it is too dark in that it's... I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if, um, what is it? If, if there's a Scott Tennerman moment coming soon, I would not be surprised. Well, it's also, I think... <laughs> but, but I, I mean, the thing, I, I noticed, and also... Sorry, sorry, Andy, go. Well, Spencer, I noticed what you were going to say in sort of a, a, a different way. Where I wasn't really taken aback by the violence. I wasn't really taken aback by... What what I noticed about this season is that, like... Okay, so last season, the Smiths became much worse people. But I feel like this season, uh, sort of their change was... They feel more juvenile. They feel more, Mm. like, immature and whiny and bratty and, and, like... Like, Stan, I feel like, is often, like, cheering and, like, giddy a lot more. Like, they, like... Yeah. I'm not really a big fan of that change. Sometimes it works, but it's it's definitely something that that I that 
Rather than the violence, it just feels like these characters are less tight uh, than they mm. used to be. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, that is honestly, I think Andy kind of sums it up there. You, I mean, you brought you brought up Scott Tennerman, and the thing about Scott Tennerman is that that is an insanely funny moment of TV. Like, I don't think there's anything. It is one of the funniest moments in TV history. Yeah. But there's also no course. going back from that, and. Like, it always lingers in the back of your head while you're watching Cartman. And the show is smart about that. That show, South Park is very smart about that because they even reference it. But here it's like, you know, there's no consequences for any of these characters. And there's no even attempt at a sort of, like, moral reckoning with it. So it it just, uh, it feels like splitting the difference, basically. But but I mean... Okay, maybe I just haven't watched South Park long enough, but I don't I don't think it's like the shadow in your mind every time you watch Cartman, you know, stick burgers in his pants or whatever. I, I think I, I mean, I, I think it's something where it's like you're kind of like, I can't believe they did that. But I don't know if it like shapes the fundamental DNA of the show in the same way that like, I don't think if they were to do Scott Tenderman in the show, it would be that bad if they pulled it off. Well, the thing is that like Andy's saying, they are boiling down the characters in a way where it makes the dark stuff not it it doesn't feel natural to their characters because not a whole lot in the season does feel natural to their characters that's and fair yeah they they are definitely getting like the characters are becoming flimsier and yeah with that the the darker stuff feels more like a shrug I, I, in previous seasons when characters do like really immoral stuff it can be funny because in part because they are real people and it like trying to draw some blood where here, it, I guess you're right that it, it's less funny and therefore sticks in my head a little bit more because it's just cartoon characters doing violence, but you're kind of expected yeah. to take them seriously as characters at the same time. Yeah, but that might be a better way of putting it. Yeah, I, th- I think, I, I mean, honestly, I think Andy summed it up and we're just kind of yeah. doing, uh, we're doing variations on a the theme. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not willing to write this show off you know, no. all the way. This, there was still oh, a bunch not. of fun stuff. I don't know if this is like, I mean, I'm not going to judge other seasons before I say them. I will say that this was kind of a disappointment in that. My, I mean, my honestly, my big thing with this season is that they leaned a lot on the cutaways and they leaned a lot on the meta humor, and neither one, they, they, yeah. neither one is workable the, in this show. The meta humor really sticks out. There's a lot of references to Family Guy in yeah. the season, um, which that they don't con- isn't as consistent. That is something that I, that I feel like the Family Guy references are toned down in later seasons. Um, yeah, they. Sure. Hope, I'm glad yeah. they toned it down in later seasons because here it just reeks of desperation. Like, yeah, it, it just feels like please, please pay attention to us. Please, we we are the we are like Family Guy. We are the other yeah, show. When, Family when they Guy were, fans, please watch us. When Roger and Steve were watching Family Guy on the bus, I like physically cringed. It, it's yeah, yeah, because it, 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 it's they're like, uh, you know, well, look at how unrealistic this show is. Unlike us, where it's a boy and an alien wearing magic pants on the bus, isn't that fucking wacky? And it's like, shut up! Oh my, like what? Yeah. Who who are you talking to? Who yeah. do you think I am? Yeah. Yeah, that like kind of like wink, <laughs> wink at the camera thing. It's so. Ugh. It it's de- it's desperate. Yeah it, yeah, it is. It is the sign of a show that is. I don't know if something was going on behind the scenes, but it it's it, it is the mark of a show that is not as confident in itself as it once was, and that is a shame. Um, yeah. So can we talk about stuff that we did like? Because oh, yeah. yes. I mean, th- there's there definitely... is a lot. I still think yeah. this is a great season. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's, I enjoyed watching it for sure. Yeah, no, it there was it, it was very fun. It 
went down very easily, especially for like a decently long season. I mean, again, it's it's all just really, really funny. Um, you know, like as, as we kind of complained, like, oh, this humor is a little too much. Like, it, it's still really funny. It's just not quite as like astonishing as like the previous two seasons. Lewis is even better this season. Lewis is the example of a character getting wilder that I kind of like, just because yeah. he he gets to be the chaos demon. Oh yeah, and especially and he comes up a lot. Like like the, this is almost the thing where it's like, uh, stupid comparison. He he almost feels like Dean Pelton in like the first couple seasons of the Community, where it's like he's like a and introducing character, you know, mm. where where it's like it feels like he is like he's still a secondary character, but he is one of those where it's like. In a couple seasons, I could see this character being bumped up to, like, main cast, you know? Yeah. Which hmm. I don't think they do, but it's one of those things where it's, like, they're giving him so much more attention this season. Where it's like Because <laughs> he's I, really it, funny. He's, he, he's funny, yeah. What else? Yeah, Lewis rules. Um, Klaus! The, Klaus is, like, they found something to do with Klaus that isn't just make him Meg. Like, that he actually yeah. gets, like, his own plots and they're decently funny. Um, that they, you know, they let him do stuff this season. He's back yeah. to being like part of the cast and it works actually. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, like, cause I think, I think they found the good balance with Klaus where it's like the joke of Klaus is that kind of similar to Lee to Meg is that like, no one respects him. No one likes him, but they build plots around that where it's like, he is trying to like fight it. Like he is trying to work against that in a way that I think gives them a lot of av interesting avenues to take him that they didn't really take Meg until yeah. she started getting, like, less of a doormat and more just, like, you know, kind of insane. You know, um, yeah. I, I complained about it earlier and a lot of the B-plots, but a lot of my favorite episodes this season are good Roger fucking A-plots. Like, uh, Dr. Klaus, like, Ricky Spanish. Like, he is still yeah. one of the best parts of this show. Like, yeah. No, he... I, I mean, Roger is such a versatile character that it's, like... It's one of those things where it's like, if he doesn't work in one episode, it is far more likely in the next episode that he will work just because, like, he is kind of a million characters in a way that I think gives them an out. And, mm. yeah. Like, like there's definitely sometimes where it's like, whatever. But then, like, you get to the plot where he's, you know, cutting off a dead woman's hair. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, th this is out of the part. Or the one where, or, yeah, Ricky Spanish yeah. where he's like, the biggest bastard on earth or yeah. there's more, but I, 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 um, God with Roger, I gotta say one of the joys of the show is whenever, like whenever they introduce like a side character or something like they're ever like one of the characters name a side character. Like, why don't you go talk to blank? And whenever it's Roger, it's always just such a joy. Like just like they're, you think it's just going to be some like tertiary one-time character and it's always just Roger in a wig. And I don't know why, but just every time that makes me just, very happy to see even though it shouldn't yeah. surprise me just so great the, the the joke in the caddyshack episode where he's like oh no you all have one disguise that you can't see through yeah and then it cuts to him like making out with steve at a party it is so good it's, it's, so it's good. one of the best jokes they've done in this show I, I, yeah. I think I think there are a lot of good Stan Steve episodes. The wrestler might not be the most obvious one, but uh, I also really like Virtual Insanity. I thought they're like like they're, like Stan and Steve as a duo are probably the strongest duo in the show. I'd say, um, and the show really not, and and there's still a lot of good episodes with them. Yeah, I know they always like service such good foils to each other. You know. Uh... 
God, it's so funny to think it back, like, on season one when, Sta like, Steve's character was just that he was, like, this horny gremlin, like, just annoying and smug. And now he's, like, one of the – he's, like, tries to be nice and it he – Now always he's a soy boy. A, yeah. And he always yeah. – um, it's always so great just to see he, – he's almost kind of replicating the dynamic that um Haley and Stan had where – Haley's like the had back in the early seasons where Haley is like the soft one and stands like this, you know, hard ass Republican. Yeah. And now they do it too, but it feels a lot more authentic because they don't have like the the politics jammed in there, basically. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. also he yeah, Haley is not really the soft one anymore. Like he yeah. Haley more often than not, her thing is that she's just like she's angry and kind of a bitch yeah. um yeah which i like it's it's what they did with meg and it worked with meg too um See, but i will say I, I i get less meg out of Haley. i get more modern brian almost or it's like yeah she's a giant fucking mm. lazy hypocrite like that's her like like eh. like that they she's so much better the though thing with her though but mean, they did but they like stopped the with of brian, brian that's the thing like brian they stopped leaning with the liberal thing and he's just uh, a piece no, of but shit. No, no, I can't agree with you. I am sorry, Andy. I, the the liberal thing is like it is an inherent part of the later Brian dynamic because mm. it's what he hangs being. A I, I think on, it's I think it's which part of it's the complete opposite with Haley. I guess that's fair. I guess, I don't know. I, I I still think the analogy works. Uh, I don't sure, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to turn this into a. 10 minute long. Yeah, no, no. I, I do want to go back. I, I do want to go back and I want to say regarding Steve, uh, my maybe unpopular take is that I don't think Steve works when, or works as well, I guess, when he's like a kid as opposed to like a shitty teenager. And kid Steve is like one, it is more dominant in this season than I think it has been before. And I that still is, that's something that makes him it. kind of unpalatable. I still kind of like kid Steve. I think I think Kid Steve kind of kind of works because they it works better when they flip back and forth um, because as like he's more he's more of a kid when he's around Stan which makes sense he he's more of a typical teenager when he's around his friends yeah, yeah. I think it's just I think just in general like again he is a really great foil for Stan but like the stuff with his friends is generally a lot stronger and it feels a lot yeah. more natural since you know they're just like friends and they all like. I don't know. I guess I find like friend to friend dynamics more compelling than like yeah. I agree. I agree. In comedy. Uh, you know, going going back a little more negative. Um, not necessarily saying bad, but I kind of feel like they don't really have much to do with Jeff this season. Uh, which is good yeah. I was about to bring up Jeff. Yeah. Which is good because of what they do next season. Uh, fixes that problem. Is that already next season? Yeah, I mean, that's I next season. It was way later. No. Yeah. Next season is a great Jeff season, but yeah, he he definitely shows up less this season than he did, which makes sense because they had to establish him last season. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that they're still like you know he's a he's. A stoner, a hippie, and he, he, he I don't know. There's just not a lot to him by there. He jacks off a lot. He's he's kind of a softy, <laughs> but they really haven't found their groove. With I, him I, yet. I think I like I like the joke where he married a seventy year old woman, <laughs> and and he has he has like a a stepdaughter. A, yeah, he has a stepdaughter who's twice his age. I yeah. think that that is a very good little touch they do with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, he, like a lot of stuff in this season, 
there are flashes of brilliance and it, it's generally workable but yeah they there's not too much to jeff this season which is a shame we haven't talked about francine character. once this episode uh she's solid yeah i mean i mean i don't think she stood out this season they kind of like pushed her back season, but she is but uh, she's routinely the best part of the show yeah um, yeah uh other than that do we have anything else to add about this season uh i i think it's like it's a solid season overall it's just it, it feels a little bit we have very high expectations for this show so it, it kind of that, that yeah. that's more where it's coming from yeah if they if they uh if they did this right after like season three i would just be like worshiping it but, yeah that i totally give you that one yeah but, where, whereas like after like this amazing run it feels like a little bit of a letdown yeah it is definitely Six and seven, I think, were peaks, and this is the beginning of maybe a valley. We'll see. Is, we'll yeah. see. Well, but but it's still high. But like, it's it. You know, it's coming down the mountain. It's still higher analogy, than like. But it's it's still higher than it was than when it. Before, and it's you know. still higher than yeah. the vast majority of Family Guy. Uh, sure. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, that's gonna do it for the first half, and we're going to. Uh, move over to uh, deep analysis of a couple episodes. And there's some good ones to talk about this season. No lightning so. round this time, folks. Um. No lightning round. All right, let's continue. Wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. You could cut ties with all the lies that you've been living in. And if you do not want to see me again, I would understand. Folks, we're back and we're doing deep dives. And uh, uh so, in case you all haven't uh haven't heard, there's this Family Guy episode called Seahorse Seashell Party. We we uh we've talked about it a few times, and um it's not very good. No. But <laughs> this season, in case you didn't know, um what is it? Seahorse Seashell Party was part of a trilogy with the Cleveland Show and American Dad. This is the last one of that trilogy. We will be talking about the other one soon enough. And um Yeah, I can't I can't wait yeah. to have the Cleveland show be the exciting end to this trilogy. Yes. And yeah. we are talking about Hurricane, the episode of um, In the Eye of a Hurricane. There's Stop fucking texting me, everyone. Okay. A <laughs> um, little behind the scenes right there. I get too many <laughs> notifications. But um uh, hurricane is the episode of American Dad where the hurricane comes to Langley Falls and the flood walls are about to be breached and Stan decides to protect his family not by evacuating but by fortifying the house. I can't really do a plot summary of this one because it is basically just an escalating series of disasters and Stan yeah. making things worse every single time. Like literally every single yeah. time. I'm going to be not he does not redeem himself once. I'm going to be honest. It just keeps getting worse. This is one of my favorite episodes of the season. Um. Hmm. I don't think it's awful. I think it is definitely the epitome of the slapsticky, you know, the 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 turn towards slapstick See, that we kind of talked about in the beginning. I don't know if I disagree. I can agree with that. I think this episode really? has a lot more consequences and goes a lot darker than than a lot of the more juvenile episodes this season. Yeah, I can agree They're, with Andy there. Sure, I think that it's it's, I guess a, I, it's a sorry, I don't mean. think those are mutually exclusive is what I'm saying. That's fair. I, I think that 
it can be dark and there could be consequences but if you actually look at it the primary driver of the plot is like you know what if we have a buster keaton ass like you know stan gets a house falling on him and lands in the window and then he you know yeah. Uh, yeah, walks but... on a balance beam and you know or wa- yeah. walks on a walks on a scaffolding and you know on one foot it's it, it is it's it is gags that sure they do make dark like they do ha- give consequence to it but the 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 thrust of the plot is is psychic. No, I, I think you're, and I, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think but. you're being way too harsh on this. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that there is that is something that we brought up before. There is like the what separates this episode from a lot of season is this episode has such a great sense of atmosphere. Like there, like there is a shark in in this. The shark breaks in the house. That shark is fucking scary. That is a fucking like like Haley gets yeah. terrified and, of American Dad. <laughs> okay. All right. Yo, this is almost as scary as Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Dude, Tom, don't mention Tom and Jerry on the show. We, this was supposed to be a Tom and Jerry podcast. I tried to watch one episode. I had a panic attack. We we can't talk about Tom and Jerry on the okay. fucking show. All right. Like obvious. All right. <laughs> God damn it. You ruined everything. Uh, Did you hear that they got Victor Selva to direct the next Tom and Jerry movie? <laughs> I think I there. Did you hear that A24 is making an atmospheric slow burn Tom and Jerry? <laughs> Tom no and Jerry in Cloverfield. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Tom all and right. Jerry midsummer and it's four hours long. <laughs> oh God. Give Warner Brothers uh, enough move money and they might do that shit if the Snyder Cut does well enough. Uh, just every- okay. But Andy, what, what <laughs> they- were? What were you saying before you were saying that you were you you got nightmares from a Seth MacFarlane Let me get show. this straight. You think being Tom and Jerry is funny? I mean, like I do, and I'm tired of pretending th- it isn't. Thank you. Uh, Sorry. I, I I I mean, if you're gonna interrupt me, Sorry. you could at least make it a good joke. Uh, oh, get her ass, Andy! Get her ass! Oh, Fuck. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, I, uh, like, I feel like this episode right. has some of the, uh, it's fine. Uh, I feel like this episode has some of the best action sequences of the season. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, so much of the season is just goofy nonsense that, like, having an episode that felt like it had stakes for once feels, like, different from the, the entire season. I think, Andy, you're right. I like this episode a lot, and I was consistently impressed by how little they care about making Stan redeemable. Yes. Like, they, every single time you expect him to redeem himself and pull his shit together just for one moment, he does the wrong thing every and single time. And I also time. like that, like, from the beginning, Francine is like, no, Stan, Stan has the wrong idea. And like you're you're you think she's like no she's no she is not wrong she is absolutely right Stan is going to ruin everything and get them all killed and it's great it's yeah and then especially because he does like there there's never a turn to it it's just yeah he fucks up so bad that he gets in the hospital and then someone else saves but him. you know what is one of the funniest things this yeah. episode what? Roger and his and his girlfriend yeah that's yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, they're so good at damn it. Damn it, do be like that though, fellas. It's it's sort of like um, you know, comparison. Interesting comparison. It is sort of like the Agatha Christie episode of um, Family Guy, and then there were fewer. And one, like Andy said, it is actually kind of suspenseful given what happens. And two, there is 
in both of those is a character who's just like a slightly too annoying girlfriend. And both of the shows <laughs> yeah. just knock those characters out of the park. Just flawless. But they bring her back too. And that's the, f- and then kill her again. Yeah, they just keep killing her over and over and over again. And every single time, she's just that, like, right level of irritating where, like, it's not like a god, get her off the screen. But you don't feel that bad when she dies. It's Yeah, it's like she watches watches anime, but not, like, the really annoying anime. Yeah. Like, she watches, like, like Madoka Magica or whatever. (laughs) I... (laughs) Like, on paper, this is, like, Roger fucking, like, slowly pushing her down into the cold water it should be one of the worst things he's done this season. But it's kind of, it's just kind of like, yeah, I get it, man. You gotta do what you gotta do. Um, yeah. No, no I, I think this is just a, a solid episode. I think my big problem with it is that, like, you know, we talked about the shows, like, having a Scott Tenderman moment or whatever. This feels like... This kind of should be that, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's that the ending, especially you know with the. I guess it's the moral oral we've been watching too. But like, th- this feels like something you can't really fucking come back from. Yeah, it kind of nah. feels like like that ending. It feels like oh shit. Like even Stan is like oh I fucked up. And the f- more fucked up thing is that immediately after that you see see her she shell party starts playing on your television. Uh, that's yeah. well, no, the fact that he's like, he says, I fucked up. And then when Francine says, just do the right thing next time. And he says, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, it's funny, but like, how do you like undo that? Like, I mean, obviously I mean, you can since it's well, a cartoon. That, that's but... one thing I was referring to just Stan fucking shooting Francine. That too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that I, feels I mean, like that could be like the tent of like, oh no. I see my my thing my my problem with that though is I don't know that they actually give it like weight in the TV show to make you think that they they will like like to make you think that it'll stick like yeah obviously if you saw someone do that in like real life or in a show that had like ten percent more narrative consistency you'd be like you know if if you saw someone do that in like BoJack Horseman you'd be like oh shit yeah this is like this is something, but I, I don't think, especially this season, I don't think American Dad has really ever telegraphed that like consequences will carry over. Except, well, I, I mean, except in like the what, the marriage stuff from last no. season, but even that was just kind of a they're off screen, like that didn't actually affect. I, I completely agree with that. I understand that point, but I think the fact that like on its own, this episode is kind of like a little event episode, and also has like more stakes in the last season is kind of why it feels like there should be like yeah. carryover. But, but I, I understand like, obviously there's not going to be. I'm well, just saying, well, and also the fact that it's an event episode kind of is the opposite of that. Like, like who thinks that stuff in Treehouse of horror is going to carry over? You know, it's, I, in a, if anything, an event episode to me is like the one episode where you can go big because it's, it's kind of expected that it won't carry over. I, I get that. But I think that like, this, this feels very different than even, like, the Christmas episodes in the sense of, like, this feels like it is kind of, like, building on, like, a lot of stands. Like, it feels like, like, it does kind of fit, like, as much as I hate to say it, it does kind of fit with sea hel- Seashore she- Seashell Party, goddamn, uh, in the Man, sense of, much. like, it is, like, kind of trying to look at like a character and going like a, a make it like a more definitive statement on it. The difference is uh, th- this episode doesn't condone abuse, 
because Stan is wholeheartedly the villain of this episode. Sure. Well, I think the villain of this episode is the shark and the bear that team up. <laughs> God, what a fucking amazing joke that is, where they just <laughs> they just have the yeah. shark and the bear just work together. Yeah. Also, I think it's interesting that Haley consistently takes uh, Stan's side this episode. Just kind of like a weird thing that, like, yeah, two seasons or three, like, this never would have happened. It's interesting that the writers yeah. are, are comfortable doing that now. Yeah, no, but solid, solid episode overall. I think we should uh, hop over to virtual insanity, though. Oh, boy. Ameri- yeah. a, Seth, a Seth MacFarlane show likes incest. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> more what incest. If you, what if you tried fucking your son, but like as a hot ass girl? What if you yeah. had tits with your son? This is the sequel. What if you that. had? Well, well, what if you had tits and your son was there? Well, yeah. What if okay, you got so... tits for your son? <laughs> What if you had tits for your son? Yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. Okay, but Virtual Insanity is the Avatar parody episode. It, uh, as you've guessed by our classic riffing. Um, yeah, very funny. <laughs> the premise of the episode is that Stan wants to be closer to his son, and but he knows the only thing that his son interest is interested in is hot girls, so he Getting avatars yeah. his way into a hot girl and hijinks ensue from there. <sighs> this is a... I, I like this A plot a lot. I think that whenever this show does like really uncomfortable incest stuff, any McFarlane show really, it works. I, I think that they're just so brazen with it. It's just kind of funny. I, I like I I don't have much to add to it. I think it's just like this A plot is really funny. Yeah, I and I I mean I always like the sci the bigger sci fi stuff that they do in this, especially when it's just kind of like a like a invention of the week type thing, which is I think a lot better than when they go full sci fi. It's just like like whenever there's an episode where it's like the CIA has like a fucked up invention that Stan uses, I think that that those are usually very fun. Um, and mm. this is no exception to that, especially the fact that they are very like explicit about how much they are parodying I, avatar with it where it's like you know francine obviously gets in the mac you know it's they all but like have you know stan try to warg into like one of those fucked up six wing dragons or whatever i i also <laughs> uh one of the things i like about the a plot is uh the, the like running bit of uh like the nice nerdy girl that keeps trying to, to get together with Steve and, like, Stan just completely <laughs> pushing her aside. Spices her out, yeah. I, I thought that was a good bit. Yeah. Um, Especially, I also do, like, at the end where it's, like, he's, like, you know what? I'm gonna go apologize to her. And then it's, like, no, wait. She just, like, straight up did not like that I treated her like shit. Like, I <laughs> thought that was a funny subversion of that. No, it, it's, it is a great little flip on that and they also do tie it together very nicely with you know stan's dad gets a chance to actually be there for his son for once yeah um i wanted to talk about the b plot a bit though because it's not very good well it's, uh... I, I no fuck you I, well okay it's very funny see i i i was that's funny because i was about to say i think the initial introduction a lot of the the jokes don't really work but those a lot of those final kills like when they're doing the horror yeah. movie parody stuff that works for me the I mean, sure. And and you know what? I will even go so far as to say this is basically uh, a rehash of the episode where Steve takes revenge on the popular kids for making fun of Debbie. Sure. And, grant, and granted, yes, Andy is right that like at the beginning when it's just Roger hitting people with the car... That's whatever. Or, or even, like, the, the setup with, like, the frat boys. It's like... Eh, no. Yeah, yeah, that's... But, but, I mean, 
when, when they're carrying their dead friend and then he hits them with the limo and then when the guy goes to the bathroom and he's in the stall and the car comes in the bathroom with them and he can see it from under the stall. I don't I don't I just don't think that's like really funny. That's, I guess No, nah, that's it's good. Just, it's such a it's just like such just an obvious like horror movie parody. I'm sorry. I, it just feels like yeah, something I've seen like good. a trillion times before. I get you, but it's good. That's it's a well it it's a yeah, exactly. for me. Like yes, is it a cliche? Sure. Is it a well is it well executed? Yeah, I'd also argue. Like it's it's I I'm not saying it's the best like B plot of the episode, but I think it's I think it works. I think there's yeah. Well, I mean, it is the only B plot of the episode. B plot of the season. Sorry, B plot (laughs) season. But like, you know, I think there's enough here that it's like I don't hate that this is in this episode. I'm glad. No, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and then the when they're on the plane and he drives up on the wing and then when they're parachuting down the the stewardess comes and he just undoes her parachute and he's like sorry I got the blood lost yeah that's funny it's good it is, it's, that, that last it's, part's it's, a little it's funny wait, it's weightless but it's it is a it is more solid B plot than most of the other ones in this season I'll say uh, yeah that. I will definitely agree with that all right I'll just leave I'll let you all have that one. Uh, I'm still not a huge fan. Um, Listen, but... you—that—that that is the least you can do after siding with Andy against me. Like, what do you? What do you? What the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> okay. Um, old stand in the mountain. Uh, I guess we're doing that one. Old stand in the mountain is—we wanted to talk about old stand in the mountain since this is where the show is like really going into fantasy. You know, there usually when the show goes with high concept stuff, there's always sort of a sci-fi bed. Maybe there'll be like a religious bed, like uh, all the Christmas episodes. But this one is like full tilt, like hexes and witches exist in this universe. And yeah. the, the plot of it is that basically, uh, you know, Stan realizes hates old men. So he gets hexed by an old man and turns into one. And he has to, like, climb Mount Kilimanjaro in order to um, change back. Yeah. And, and it's... Yeah. Well, sorry, Andy, what do you think? I, I think this episode's not that great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not, not amazing. I'm, I'm think, not a big fan. I think it's, it's, it's very... Um, very indicative of the kind of cartoonier way the show is moving both like not just the whole shift into fantasy stuff but like at the end when he and he's like trying to kill his kids because he thinks he's trying to kill them it's just like very well, looney tunesy at that point. and also the the really i don't know if you guys liked it but like i thought like the dumb ending like p- wah, wah, punchline where he got a second curse it's like mm. come on man yeah Come no, on. it's. I also didn't like him like just falling down the mountain for like two minutes. Like you know, it was funny when The Simpsons did it in 1990, but like <laughs> we we need we need yeah. to put a we need to retire people falling down for a long time. Nah, and... a good slapstick joke is always welcome. The problem is that wasn't a very good slapstick joke. Uh, that is true. Yeah, especially because there's no. The animation in the show has never been particularly strong, but there is really, like, no actual weight to the way he falls yeah. down. Like, it, it's like someone moving a paper doll on, like, different parts of a mountain, which is, like, and that's fine if you're doing mostly, like, uh, dialogue-based jokes, but or even, like, expression-based jokes. But if you're doing, like, bodily jokes, you need to actually have, like, animation on that so and, like and it's yeah so like i you know what this episode kind of feels like and i and i don't want to say this is too mean but it feels like like most of the season is good it feels like most of the season had a lot of time like is is maybe not up to the standard of previous seasons but it's definitely quality this feels like an episode where it's like oh shit we're almost done with the production cycle fuck we need something 
Uh, Stan gets cursed. Uh, yeah, that's good enough. All right. Yeah, it does feel like a shrug. And yeah, and, I don't know, and especially, pro- and this is sorry, this is something that is, um, I I think the case with a lot of episodes, but like by this point, and I don't think it's necessarily a a bad thing all the time, but this is definitely one of those episodes where it's like they they. They build it on, like, it almost feels like a random premise where they're like, okay, we're going to assign this belief to Stan and this belief to Haley and this belief to Steve. And, like, you know, their dialogue will, like, generally follow the the patterns and the personality that they have. But it's kind of, like, really the actual, like, ideological underpinnings of everything they say or do in this episode is kind of just up the chance like it's yeah. just we just kind of picked up you know stan hates old people stan wants to m- climb mount kilimanjaro just kind of out of thin air like it wasn't really built mm. on anything about the character now, yeah now but, the- and that's fine but it, it when it works it's fine when it doesn't work it really stands out and i think this episode it particularly now, stood out. with that said we've given the b plot this episode, these this season's B plots. Wait, I actually had one more thing I wanted to oh, say go, about. Go go go. Yeah, okay. uh, the one other thing I wanted to say about it is that the big problem with this A plot is that it doesn't really do anything you wouldn't expect it to. The show is usually at its funniest when it's finding ways to take like familiar premises and then just like swerve just enough that it catches you off guard. Aside from maybe the stuff with like you know the murder plots and stuff, it it really doesn't feel like anything particularly interesting or out like. It feels like just yeah. kind of a plug-in story, but yeah, for sure. No B plot. I'm. Oh my god. Yes, the B plot. Okay, so we've given this season's B plot a lot of B plots, a lot of shit. This is one yeah. of the best B plots in all of American Dad. This B one hundred percent fucking good. Like every the run, time. The running joke of the the running joke of the. I haven't been entirely honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> is every time it kills there, and yeah. like it is one of those jokes where. And and I don't know if it's particularly hard to do it, but it's definitely not easy to pull it off where every time it comes up, it gets funnier because it's like, <laughs> what the fuck now? And and every time they manage to actually build on on the previous uh, like they, they manage to enhance the joke every time. It's it's just a perfect I, B-plot. It's also it's, one of the most like sympathetic France portrayals. Yeah. And, like, like usually like she's a but she is just being lied to and dragged along and the payoff at the end with her just fucking yeeting him off the cliff is just so Mm. good well it's i think i think what's really brilliant about it is that he the the lengths that roger goes to when he did not have to at all is just so funny like the idea that he basically built like a rube goldberg machine where he spent eight months teaching francine how to ballroom dance just to get her to go on a car trip with him and then it's it's just it's so funny because in every single moment of it you're like why the fuck did roger go to all this trouble until the end which is like yeah it's it's discuss it is like i mean roger has like five scott tenorman moments this season but and this is definitely one of them but it's it's like just the idea of like it is somehow both disgusting and he went to completely more trouble than he needed to to make francine a part of it it's it's i don't know sorry i'm i'm talking too much on this it's just brilliant it's 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 one of my favorite things the show's ever oh yeah it's so good it it it, it, it makes up for that shitty a plot like it's yeah ah oh god i love it okay i love this show last one last one last Last one one. ricky Uh, spanish 
we've been a little down on this season, but there's one episode I don't Ricky think any Spanish. of us are down off. Ricky Spanish. Ricky Spanish. It Ricky is Spanish. one of the most iconic episodes of this series. It is the most iconic Roger persona. Yes. yes. Well, maybe maybe Jeannie Goldsmith is another big one. Yeah. The, the Have we met there. her yet? I forget. Yeah, that was two seasons ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So the the B plot for this episode, or the plot of this episode, is uh, Roger finds an old persona costume in his closet, puts it on. Everyone in town forms an angry mob around it because he's Ricky Spanish, the biggest piece of shit persona Roger has, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Like he, yeah. I love that every time they say the name, they cut to a horrible thing Ricky has done. And it yeah. ranges from like something genuinely horrific, like him shitting in someone's open heart surgery <laughs> yeah. wound, to that just was... him like closing the door while someone's running to the elevator. It's... Yeah, Ricky Spanish they... is such a land of contrast because he goes between like fucking a child and like stealing from a vending machine. Yeah, it's yeah. It, and it just like keeps just jumping back and forth. God, all of those little asides are so great. I mean, we talk shit about cutaways, but like those just little cutaways are so taking, fucking take, the, good. I think this is the only cutaway that actually works in this season. The when he I takes know. a picture of the nun's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they, like, do it, like, 90 times this episode. Yeah. And all of them work, because there's so much variety, and you're, ne- you're, like, you're never sick of it. It's, I love, like, I feel like, like, the actual part where Ricky is going to get forgiveness is just kind of okay. Like, like, the stuff, uh, actually, the stuff The with stuff Lewis with Avery is, is very funny. I, I actually <laughs> like the stuff with Lewis more now that I think about the Avery stuff I'm not super high on, but, um. Speaking of high on... A- Avery was doing uh, cocaine. I, I do like that, but yeah. Uh, this also has one of my favorite, like, dry, uncomfortable moments of the season, which is the uh, the the say goodnight, Steve bit. That was, I always liked that moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where the, they're like, fucking criminal. He's what it's just like, it's like kissing him goodnight instead of knocking him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, if we're getting to that part right now, I think that it is, it was a better choice to the, and they do this sometimes this season and not, not too much, which I think is a good idea, but the idea of like, they end it on a sour note, I think is, is something that Family Guy would never fucking do. And it's something that I really think if it works for the episode, like really gives the episode something it would not, like this episode would not have been nearly as funny if like, you know, Roger learned a lesson or even like Steve got away or something like the idea that like it ends with Roger fucking up Steve's life makes it 10 times funnier than because it it's Ricky Spanish. Ended, like, because he's because um, yeah. he's like an irredeemable douchebag. Yeah, I, I, I will say, though, I think I think we're all kind of, you know, we, we love that a plot. Another week B plot. Yeah. yeah. It's What's got, it's got like one, the, the, the when they adopt the dude from oh, Africa. Oh, yeah. The, one of the weaker it's ones got, of the season. It's got one good joke in it, really, which is that they, like, keep switching back and forth. Like, as soon as he's gone, like, they right. say, he was perfect. He was an angel. And then as soon as he's there, like, they immediately flip to Yeah, you. like, the ending. God, get a load of this guy. Yeah, like, the yeah. ending car joke is pretty good. I'll give him that. But the rest of it, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. This feels, this feels throwaway. But, you know, no, it's definitely 
it definitely has this... feels like another one of the first draft plots. It... And it also has this weird, like, trippy yellow Surrealist, submarine yeah. su- sequence, which yeah. doesn't gel with, doesn't really gel with the show, even. It, it comes out of nowhere. It's, like, very family guy, and it, it, it's not very funny is the main issue. It, it's just kind of no, awkward. It's... I mean, yeah, it's the the whole thing is like, yeah, they do like some yellow submarine shit, but it's just like them saying like, I, I guess the joke is that saying an African name enough makes it funny. Like, I I legitimately do not get what the joke is supposed to oh, be in that section. Also, to to shout out uh, this episode, you know, we, we we brought up guest stars earlier. They actually got Werner Herzog to do the ending narration. That was that yes, was actually kind that of was fun awesome. Too. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is such a good Werner Herzog impression. No, like, it's people not. usually overdo it. And then I saw that him in the credits. I I'm mean, like, they got Lynch for Cleveland show. This this shouldn't surprise anyone, but yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. The, the the idea like <laughs> the idea that on this dumbass podcast or uh, TV show about uh, Freudian slip uh, on this dumb TV show about like what an alien who poops in someone's chest or whatever that they get like one of the more acclaimed directors who's still alive today just to be like to do like a full you know monologue parody about the fu- yeah I mean parody of himself but also like a monologue about like the futility of of human goodness it's I mean there's something kind of more than any of the meta jokes they actually make there's something very funny about that on a meta level also uh, just a side note, uh, anyone listening to this podcast, please look up the clip where Werner Herzog tells the story about how he didn't know John Waters was gay until 20 <laughs> years after he first met him. Really? Okay, I just, barely just, know just, who he is. John and Waters is famously in the closet, man. Yeah, J- John Waters is like, Andy, you don't know John Waters. He played. Uh... I, I know who John Waters is. I know okay. he, was, he, was, he was like the most gay man in existence. Yeah, no, just if you look at this clip it is incredible it is See, so beautiful. i thought you were gonna bring up the werner Herzog bit where he talks about watching like shitty american reality tv and just just like you must watch it because you cannot avert your eyes you cannot look away and that's that's really this podcast wasn't you, there yeah. wasn't there a werner Herzog clip where he like talked about how fucked up chickens were or something probably <laughs> there's yeah. a guy I, Herzog rules. I, I love him he's one he's of the so coolest good. he's one of the biggest pimps alive today yeah, he's, he's so, so great. great he's just like yeah he, he, he he's great because he genuinely believes that the earth is like this terrifying monstrosity full of demons but he also has a sense of humor about himself so yeah. he can go on american dad and make fun of himself yeah i mean God, well, I literally Werner Herzog was like the second coolest guy to guest on rick and morty after elon musk that is uh, i that fucking is so hate true. you don't, don't even make that joke <laughs> all right uh do we have anything else to add we didn't talk about the CeeLo episode it's fine and <laughs> uh, who cares yeah, i mean cares? this is presumably before CeeLo got uh, caught doing bunch of a bunch of rapes. Um, oh, that's what. Cool. That's why he 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 hasn't been around in a while. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. He famously famously uh, said in an interview that the it's not rape to give women uh, roofies, pretty much. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Which is okay. a very a very cool thing to say and then double down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. No, but I think that's going to do it. This season wasn't the best, but, you know, I still liked it. I, I would still recommend it to someone who has enjoyed yeah. the earlier seasons. No, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't it was even say this watch. is like a Simpsons season nine thing. Like, I would say it's like, I still have confidence in the next season will be, you yes. know, quality. All right. But no, I, uh... I think that's that's gonna do it. Um, and uh, next week, next week, yeah, next week next we week. we do two demon shows. Um, yeah, if you're on our Patreon, uh, fucking Ty asked our patrons to punish us, so we are doing the Big Bang Theory Sp- over Spencer, on our Patreon. Spencer, can you do me a solid? Can you change the Twitter account's password so Ty can't use it anymore? I think I think she needs a punishment or something. She needs to go into timeout. Yeah, that would be such a shame if... I mean, honestly, I think the Twitter account would do much better if no one was posting on it. <laughs> uh, maybe. All right. Um, but, um, no, that's going to do it. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, come back next week. We've got a special guest. Uh, I know yeah. we didn't have a next special guest. Also... Uh, on yeah. Monday, or whenever it goes up, I will be a special guest on uh, the show as we watch the most nightmarish movie of all time. It's a boldly flea, yep. yep. Andy, Andy's coming on Get Cynical with me and Esther, and we're... Yo, how'd you get Andy? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult pull. And we are, we're talking about To Boldly Flee, and, like... If, if you guys don't know anything about, like, Doug Walker or anything, just know that it is a three-and-a-half-hour movie made by one of the most reviled men online who, like, hasn't raped that, anyone, basically. That, 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 that's lowballing it. It's 340. It's, it's a well-over-three-hour movie directed by Doug Walker and basically killed his entire empire single-handedly. It's, it's longer than any of the actual Star Trek movies. Yeah. Yes. Like, by a factor of two. Yeah. All right, catch you all next time. Bye. Yep. Later. I saw a filmmaker uh, whom I know since 35 years, uh, John Waters. John Waters, just just two weeks ago or so. And I turned to my wife. We talked backstage because we were both uh, introducing uh, or speaking at an event for, for the founder of New Line Cinema, who is a friend of both of us. After 35 years of, of knowing John Waters, I, I turned to my wife and I said to her, I have the feeling this man is gay. <laughs>